saved. And this would affect both us and our, our children that we are raising. We should know that uh, children are safe, not saved. They are safe at a stage when they are still children and not and are not in a stage of accountability. But once they reach that state, like everybody else, they are lost. They need to be saved. So our responsibility as we raise these children who may still be in that stage of not being accountable, we need to start to groom them for that age when they will be accountable and they will be lost and they need to be saved. We as parents are stewards. Psalm 127 verse 3 says, children are a gift or a heritage and a reward from the Lord. So we need to see ourselves, see the children in that uh, context. And that the authority we have, the parental authority, is a delegation from God. And as we use it, we can only use it God's way, not man's way. And that the success of children is largely linked to their parents, not necessarily to the success of the parents, but uh, to the parents themselves. And in Genesis 18, verse 17 to 19, and I'm going to read rather verse 19, that uh, gives you a sense of the parenting mandate. When the Lord had visited Abraham, and was on his way to Sodom, and he wanted to disclose what he was going to do in Sodom. And he says, this is the motivation for disclosing that secret to Abraham. Verse 19, for I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised him. This is what the Lord has appointed, chose, or employed him as a parent uh, to raise his children to keep the way of the Lord. And the question we may want to ask is how do we measure up uh, to that mandate? And just a few issues that should be of concern to every parent, it's who spends more time with your children, who teaches and instructs your child more. Is it you or somebody else? Who models for your children? Who is the role model of your children? And you'd know the children often tend to choose some role models whose lives in reality are in tatters. We must also be concerned between the biblical material which we assume parents are reading, they are promote, and other material which may be cultural. What is more popular in the family? And that would have to do, of course, with the exposure. Do your children know your God? They love the God of their parents. Will these children keep and embrace him when they are grown? Whose values do the children embrace? And of course, one issue that is very concerning is the kind of parenting 
that we do. Is it remote? Have we delegated it to somebody else? Do we have surrogate parents uh, versus what uh, the people that God has appointed? Have we passed on this either to the grandparents or to the nannies or to other people? Now, when you read uh, Deuteronomy 6, God's plan for passing on the truth intergenerationally from parents to children. Now, I want to read this scripture. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these ways that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house. And I want to quickly just make some comments in the next few slides. And basically what God wants us to know and believe that he is one God, one triune God. And how he expects us to respond is that we should love him completely. And the means thereof to enable us to do that is by embracing this weight and keeping them in, in our hearts. Fourthly, that we have a responsibility to the next generation. He says, teach these weights diligently to your sons. Communicate this foundation verbally by talking about this in your house, on the road, when you lie down, when you work, so that the children will hear this, you're basically creating an environment in which you communicate this God in the house. There are also the reminders you create, an environment of reminders, binding them as a sign on your hand. Uh, they shall be as frontals on your forehead, so the reminder you shall write them on the doorpost of your house. So it is first your reminder. It is, uh, it will help your children. And the, I'm, I'm, I've read a book that I, I just like so much from Ted Tripp, Shepherding the Heart of the Child. A few things that I just want to bring, and I'm going to talk to some of those. He says the children are a product of two things the in-shaping influences, the Godward orientation, that's what makes a child. Now, the influences may be negative. The orientation may not be Godward, but the desire is that it should be Godward. So we have a role in uh, influencing or affecting or providing those influences that they be they, they would help the child God what. Also, it says the heart determines the behavior. That's what we need to know. And therefore, we should work from the behavior because their behavior may reveal somewhat what the condition of the heart is and work from that point uh, to direct this child God what. Thirdly, that uh, you as a parent are not powerless. You have authority because you are God's agent. 
what we need to help our children is that we have delegated authority. They need to know who the real parent is. We we are basically delegated parents. The real father is God, and we are in that place where we should help our children to know God. Fourthly, that uh, we are setting a worldview for the child, and that view should be to aim for this child to know God, to worship him, to glorify him. The Bible says so. The chief end, uh, our main goal in life is to glorify God. I think the Westminster Catechism says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. And we need to help our children to know that where they come from and how they relate to God. The biblical goals must be achieved by using biblical methods. We shouldn't uh, uh, substitute the biblical methods for unbiblical methods. Now, God has given us two methods, primarily communication, which is necessary for relationships. We must also, it's our responsibility to discipline something some parents want to avoid. Now, I want to go through some 10 principles and um, I'll take them just one by one. I would have wanted to give you a summary, but I want to save time. The first principle should be that in our parenting assignment, the intention, the purpose must be Godward. So that we should remember that we are raising a man or a woman for God. That should be in the back of your mind so that the the child should know he owes it to God. All things should be done for God's glory. Uh, And we want this child to be able to serve, to worship God and not the child to be worshipped by the parents. So it is important that we make sure that our goals are Godward in raising children. Secondly, the medium in which this child must grow um, should be a godly environment that we as parents uh, should provide. And we should know that the environment in which the child grow, often it's more influential, more appealing than parental teaching. So we have to work very hard. The company, and the Bible has already said, uh, a company affects the morals. Bad company corrupts morals. So we should often watch, be careful, what and who influences my child more. And that has to do with exposure. Would it be the family? Would Would it be the school environment? Would it be the peers and the friends? Would it be the the media, uh, generally, whether internet, social media, will it be the church? And the question is, if that's that's what is influencing your child, whatever influencing your child, what does that environment itself cherish and embrace and promote? Are they promoting, cherishing godly values or worldly values? And that will determine the child, the way, your child would go. Thirdly, the training should be more on biblical values. That we, what we need to do, the values 
that we promote in the heart of the church. We need to uh, make sure that they are biblical values. And a number of things are important here, that we train our children to believe and respect that the highest authority is God. They must be God conscious. And that's why we should teach them to pray, teach them the weight. They need to value and respect other human beings. They must value and respect relationships. Those are some of the things that we should encourage. We do need to teach our children very early, learn to say, please, don't just grab or think you're entitled. Learn to say thank you, be grateful. Learn to say I'm sorry when you're wrong. When we do that, we are raising a person will be able to relate with other people. So if our children would learn to relate to God and learn to relate to other people, uh, that would make them grow in the direction God desires. But also we must encourage them to value working more than being recipients of gifts. They must learn to serve rather than be served. And they must also value the truth. And therefore, they must seek it, find it. That's what we should encourage very early uh, from home. We must also bring to the attention of our children that God be valued as the greatest security, both for our children and for us, because we are not here to stay. And the more we can commit our children to God, both by teaching and by prayer, believing that God is able to keep our children, God is able to direct the hearts of our children, developing a God-fearing attitude, praying for them. Psalm 144, verse 12, I love that prayer where David says, may our sons be like trees that have been planted in their youth that grow strong and steady. May our girls be like stones that have been polished to decorate uh, the palace. Uh, we need to bless our children in that way we're committing them to God. Make declarations and proclamation and expose and commit them to the word of God. David says to Solomon, uh, if you keep the word of God, God has promised me that I will always have one of my descendants as a, as a king. Of course, Solomon did deviate even before the end of his lifetime. We also need to develop a godly environment in the home, that the home must expose our children to God. What they see, what they hear, what they read, the role models we entertain in our homes, uh, making them know that God should be glorified. Remember St. Paul in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, he says, whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. We need to encourage that. We need to promote the Christian culture uh, in, in our own family. And that will help our children as they grow. Number six, we need to be a good model, a good bio model or relationship model by father and mother committing to a loving relationship. That will attract their children to God. Um, and the question is whether we, we, we would want our children to imitate us in the way we relate. 
Now I'm saying to the fathers, do your children a favor, love their mother, respect their mother. Mother, do your children a favor by honoring their hero. That would be very important. Uh, fathers, do we model the real father? What do our children see in us? That's uh, very important. Number seven, we need to constantly affirm our children. Constant parental affirmation. The, if we encourage our children, we are enabling them to be able to face criticism and even not fear failure. It's important that children benefit from constant, honest, positive praise. Just as much as we rebuke them, we must praise them liberally. They must not only hear us when we are correcting, they must also hear us when we are commending them. So we need to be careful in the language we use uh, with uh, our children. Number eight, it's uh, the communication. It's very important. Remember, I said two things that uh, God, two tools God has given us is the communication and discipline. So if we effectively communicate with our children, we're able to reach their hearts. We need to speak the truth using their language. Their communication must be open and honest. It must be more than rules and correction and punishment. We need to give them much more so that we build trust, listen to them, hear their feelings, and not suppress their feelings. We, we need to encourage open discussion. Uh, and remember, children will always have their own childish opinions. We must allow that to be expressed and be understood in the context that they are a child. So we need to learn to understand the child's language listen to their ways, their feelings, but we must speak uh, to their hearts uh, so that we are able to reach the real person, speak adult thoughts, uh, meaning serious things, in the, using the language of the child. So our children need our time. And as much as we talk about quality time for the lovers, there must be quality time for the children. Discipline is important, part of training, and it must be corrective, not abusive. But we must do it. It's the responsibility of a parent to discipline his child. It's love because it's meant for correction, for edification. It must happen consistently and with love. And we must explain why there is a need for the discipline. And it must be done from both perspective and from both uh, parents and we must love our children unconditionally children when we love them unconditionally they know we love our souls and they will respond in return love will attract love so the christian love the agape love is unconditional it must be expressed verbally we must also show it not only say we love we must demonstrate love and we must love the souls of our children more than anything else. It must be the motivation for any other thing that we do for our children. It must proceed out of love. There are a few scriptures 
train up the child in which he, in in the way he should go, even when he's old, he will not depart from it because you'll have formed a habit. There's also Proverbs 29, 15, the rod and reproof gives wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. So it is important that we do that. How do we instruct children? And the Bible talks to a number of those things. By example, by teaching, particularly at home, I don't want us to pass on the responsibility to the church and to the school. It must happen at home. The church and the school is there to assist. We must also encourage Bible study, memorizing. Children have a capacity to learn. If you, if you see when the children have just gone to a crash in three months, how they would have just learned a number of things that you just thought were impossible for children. So let's give ourselves the time. Let's give them the the love. And I want to conclude by just saying, is our parenting doing as it should? Our goals and priority, are they God what? Are we providing the right growth environment and the values in our training? Is our training value focused? And do we trust God with our children? And do we make our home a platform to meet God or would they miss him? Are we a good model for relationships? Do they learn how to relate from home? Do we affirm our children? Does our communication help us to reach the heart of a child? And is the discipline corrective and developmental? And we love our children unconditionally. A very sad story I read as I conclude. A 15-year-old girl who committed suicide. And he left a note for the parents. And he was saying to her mother, you and my father, I love you so much. You have provided everything I needed, more than what I've needed. But I've just remained with a hole in my heart. I felt you were not reaching me. I felt you were very far from me. Uh, and I just felt a hole. And until my uncle, who was the brother to his mother, came, and this uh, uncle He says the uncle understood uh, the gap. Unfortunately, he abused that. And for three years, he got sexually involved with this niece. And when he later left, this girl says she felt that the gap was coming again and she deteriorated even in class. And what the parents did not know, uh, he says, you guys didn't understand, so you employed a, a tutor for me. And uh, she says, in, when the tutor was teaching, she couldn't see anything but just to remember her uncle. And she felt that was the last row that broke the camel's uh, neck. And she had decided at that point that uh, there was no point in living. And she said to her parents, you are remaining with my younger brother. please, Make sure you give time. Make sure you have time to appreciate, to understand him and give him what you need more than the material things. And that was a very, very sad story. I also read 
Last week, another story of a girl who committed suicide on a mother's birthday. And she said she was giving her mother a birthday present because apparently the mother kept on saying she was not planned. Uh, The the man who gave the child ran away. So she kept on telling this to the child. So the child said, I just thought I must excuse myself. You can have and remain uh, free to yourself. Those are sad stories of parenting. Now I want to stop here. Thank you very much, Dadepal. Yeah. yeah. No, thank you so much, Murtimanya. You know, we just realized that we perhaps have not given you enough time. Um, and you are still at the time. So, um, but yeah, perhaps we need to have another session so that you can be free to go into detail wherever is necessary and however is necessary. Um, Saints, we are now ready to take questions. So we will take two types of questions. One, you can just tap into the chat box, the question that you have. We have locked it a bit at the moment such that um, as you type, it will only go to the hosts and there are quite a few of us. We will be able to pick up the question that you are raising. Uh, we don't have a problem if, you know, a few people ask uh, the same question, that that's not a problem. Um, that is one way. The other way you can raise your hand, we will recognize you, and, um, and, and then we will allow you to, to raise your question like uh, in, in that way. Um, thank you. So may I see, uh, you know, you can raise your hand. I, I, don't, I don't see any hand yet. Um, uh, Dr. More, uh, please go ahead. Uh, sorry, good evening, um, Saints. I just want to double check whether we should encourage um, more of the parenting uh, Christianity, especially at school. Or let me rather say, should we encourage re- religious um, religious lessons at school is it is it is it is it still applicable in the era in that we are living thank you thank you saints um, sorry that when you're saying religious teachings at school you, you mean religious in terms of all other religions is is, is exactly. yeah okay. all religious they're all religious can it be um a Muslim, any religious at school, should we encourage it? Because during my school days, we used to have Buddhist uh, barking, uh, assemblies where we go first before we go to the classes. We'll go to assembly and read the Bible. Do we still have to encourage that in this era? Okay. Thank you so much, Tatemore. We have your question. Um, I'm looking around for, for, for any other question. I, I see a question has been sent through to the commenters. Uh, Rev Nkata, please uh, go ahead with the question. Thank you. Thank you uh, so much for the teaching. We, we appreciate the insight of how we manage our children. I just need maybe um, Brother Menya to help in terms of how many, I've had so many questions coming, asking, what happens if I've wasted my time? 
I can't reach out anymore to my child because um, all the times, like the, the story you just told at the end, what are the ways for me to reach out when the child says enough now, the chapter is closed, they've grown now, I've wasted all that time and they don't allow me to come closer. What will be other ways of of reaching out to them uh, due to that? Thank you. Thank you so much, Rev, for, for that powerful question. Um, I will also read for us another question that has been sent through to us. It says, at what, what age should we start reading to our children? So that's the first question. At what age should we start reading to our children? The second part of it, it says, where can we buy vernacular children's books? Um, so that, that is the other part for that. Um, perhaps we, we, we should hand over to, to Muruti Mania to, to, to tackle the questions that have been raised. Then we'll come again for another round of questions. Over to you, Muruti. Thank you. The, the first question on the religious uh, lessons, whether we should promote that. Remember, we are a secular state now. Um, and therefore what we see happening in our schools goes uh, uh, or, or it's typical of a secular state. And that's the unfortunate situation. But, but we, we, we still have to manage uh, our own situations. And I, I just want to give you an example. I, I had uh, uh, one of the children that I raised uh, who at school, they wanted him to get involved in the in the, the, the beauty contest, I think for the males at the time. And when we discussed, we thought, no, it's not a good idea. We, we don't want to promote that as a family. And I suggested that uh, he communicates with the teacher, but if the teacher still insists, uh, they should rather talk to me. Uh, and, and I think the teacher was bold enough to call me uh, because she felt very, uh, strong that he should participate. And I said, ma'am, no, we, we as a Christian family, we don't promote those values. So I don't want my child to participate. Uh, and I think she was very, she felt very strong. And until I reminded her, I said, ma'am, let's, let's clarify one thing. Who is helping who here? Are you helping me to raise this child or am I helping you? And then it came to mind. She said, no, say, I'm helping you. So I said, if you are saying you're helping me, I'm setting the agenda. I don't want my child to participate. And we closed the matter. Uh, but I'm saying, we, we the, in fact, education, it's our primary responsibility. Although government has taken over education over many years and governments have done that, it remains our responsibility to teach our children. Those other people are helping us. Uh, and therefore, if they are not providing religious education in schools, we need to provide even more that our children must come from home fed. And when they come back, we must moderate what they've been learning that may be contrary to our beliefs. 
The, the second question is, what if you seem to have missed uh, the train in terms of raising your children in a godly manner? I believe there's always grace with God. And I would want to suggest for those who may feel they think they have lost, um, one, I would suggest seek for help. But we're going to have to also, as we seek assistance, also admit to our children, uh, we have not been able to do what we need to have done as parents. And we would want to just assure them it will take time. You know, once you've broken trust in a relationship, it, it takes long to, to build the trust again. It takes just a moment to break the trust, but it takes long to rebuild. But I don't believe anyone should give up who is able to pray and ask God for help and seek for assistance uh, from other believers on how you can rebuild that trust gradually uh, with with your child. Uh, In terms of at what age should we start reading? Firstly, I want to say, maybe say, at what stage should we start to communicate with our children? I, I believe and I've listened to some specialist in the various ways that you actually, even pregnant mothers must communicate with their children during pregnancy. Let your child hear the music. Let your child, uh, that unborn baby, hear all the positive things. Of course, if you make that unborn child to hear all the negative things, by the time he's coming into the world, he already knows that. He knows you guys have been fighting even during the pregnancy. So, Children, as soon as they are conceived, we believe they are persons. All what remains is for God to build a body in which he's going to live and bring him into the world and you introduce him to that world. So I would suggest that it's never too early to speak to your child all the things that you believe that you want him to know. Say them very early, even if you ask when should you start reading to your child. It's not that the child will necessarily, um, from the external perspective, uh, respond the way you'd want, but yes. So we should read uh, to our children the Bible. We should give them music, create that environment. And by the time they grow, they will know some of the things they know. They may not know where they got those things from. So the sooner we start, the better. Yes, sir. there, there's a problem with uh, vernacular material. But anyway, uh, our children have an advantage now uh, because they are exposed to the English language very early. Um, I, I, I think the material is very limited, but uh, the publishing, uh, those who are publishing tracks generally, you would find their various uh, language material. They... Uh, and remember, the children read more the pictures than the words. So uh, they are able to read the pictures even better than us. Uh, so I would encourage that uh, we do the best. But I'm saying let's positively accept our responsibility to parent. You have only one time to parent every child. There is no second chance. You parent a child once. Uh, even if you have five children, each one of them, you have only one chance to parent them. 
So I would urge all of us, let's take it positively. Let's take it responsibly. Your child is more important than any other thing, any other person. One of the things I have uh, adopted very early and I encourage in the church, it's nobody laughs at the children. If children during Sunday school, they do a memory verse and they make a mistake, nobody laughs. Nobody make jokes with my children. My children were a bit uh, biggish when they were born. Uh, although they've dropped their weight now, but at that time they were biggish. But nobody would call my children Fetty Bombo and I would uh, just sit by or smile. Not even my mother. Because you are in the, I'm in the business of building people. Now, the reason why some of us grow uh, being even afraid to stand up and testify in church is because somebody laughed at him whilst he was still in primary school and made him feel like uh, he's stupid, he's whatever, whatever. You have a responsibility to protect your children. It, it won't do any harm if you lose all the friends and keep your children for a good cause. But if you lose your children and keep all the friends, in the end, you will show you have become a loser in the main mandate God has given you. No one has a mandate to keep friends, but every one of us has a mandate to raise children for God. Thank you. Wow. Thank you so much, Muruti. Uh, we appreciate that. We, we do note some questions that have been typed there. We, we will start once again with the second round with people who will be raising their questions orally, and then we will then read afterwards. Um, I, I also noted, Trongwani, uh, that you initially were raising your hand, but then you typed in there. If you still want to come in orally, we can allow you to do that. But for now, let's go to uh, Dr. Matiba, then Dr. Maleka, and then Dr. Nlof, in, in that order. Thank you. Good evening, saints. Can you hear me? Yes, I do. Okay. So... Mine is not a question as such, um, it's a comment. I just wanted to say thank you so much, uh, Pastor Manya, for a thought-provoking uh, conversation. And I also just want to thank our pastor, Pastor Paho and Tate Paho, for the invite and for arranging the session. As a parent, I am really encouraged and challenged uh, to do better. And... As I have mentioned uh, on Saturday that uh, I'm currently working in psychiatry as a mental health practitioner, I'm actually glad that uh, Pastor Mania touched on the teen suicide rate because that is a, it's a reality. And then I can actually attest to that because I run two psychiatric clinics, child psychiatric clinics um, twice a week. So I see these kids uh, twice a week. And most of the uh, of these kids, some of the conditions that they present with starts from home, and that's the reality. I'm not saying that every child who comes to the clinic who has any mental health care issue, I mean, any mental health issues, there's something wrong in the house. That those who still present with primary mental illness, which will basically mean that uh, they are born with that uh, mental illness, it's hereditary, it's from the family. But the bulk of the patients that we see is actually 
kids that are coming from troubled homes. That is a reality. And then one of the things that the pastor touched on, and that is what we see, or I see almost every week, it's um, uh, emotionally unavailable parents. Unfortunately, kids don't remember all. I mean, we all work very hard trying to give our kids the best life and everything else in between. But the kids don't really remember that. They remember the time that you spend with them, the quality time that you spend with them. And when we sit with most of these kids, when we have a chat with them, the problem, most of them start at home. The parents are not available emotionally. Parents really don't know what's going on in their kids' life. We just allow our kids to learn from social media, to learn from school, to learn from everyone else but us. So that is really a big issue. And then these kids now start coming with uh, depression, come with anxiety. And that's where even the personality problem, like personality disorder starts. And these are the very same kids now who are going to become adults. And they start now, and they're supposed to be somebody's mother, somebody's father. They've never experienced any form of love. And then it becomes difficult for them now to give any love to anybody. And then that's how now we end up with people with narcissistic personality, antisocial personality, and we're having a lot of gender-based violence. So I just wanted to comment on that. Uh, it's, it's not really Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Uh, Mr. Maleka. Uh, good evening, Ruti and the Power family. Uh, thank you very much for, for the presentation. Uh, I think it's this very good presentation. We have re- I've really learned a lot from it. Uh, the first, the, I've, got, I've got two questions, but the first one is not a question, it's just a, a request. Are we going to get a copy of, of the presentation? Because I was trying to follow it and I was making some few notes, but I think I've missed some of the things. I would really appreciate if, if it can be shared among us. The second question, and uh, Ruti, I just want to get an understanding. Uh, I've got a nephew. <clears throat> I've got a nephew uh, that is my my brother's child who has passed away. Uh, he's got, uh, I think, he's got friends who are who are really influencing him into drugs and into all those a lot of bad things. Uh, she was once arrested, and we had to uh, work very hard and to try to to get him out. So I'm, I'm more a foster parent because uh, I'm, I'm the one within the family who's, who's looking after, after my brother's, my brother's house. So I just want to know, how, how, what can I do or what advice can you give it to me in terms of how best can I do to bring uh, the child uh, in line, you know, in terms of education and, and, and so that he can take his life seriously. What can I do? Because I think I've done a couple of things and I think I failed, but I don't want to give up because if I give up, it means uh, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll be throwing him to the, to the lions. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, So some of the questions that have been raised um, are, are, are down there. Um, I suppose Murutimanya will will perhaps um, talk to them, read them, and and then answer them. Um, I, I might not have to to read them to you. Uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So over I, to. 
I don't see on the chat box, I don't see any other question except the first one. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Let, let, okay, we, we, we will read them for you. Um, firstly, Ndede More was just thanking you for, 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 for answering the, the first round of questions, the clarity that came out is very grateful. Um, then there was a question about the mass media or social media to say that how can we help our children to deal with um, the social media or the mass media that they receive, particularly outside our homes. Um, then there is also a question to say that um, how or where do we get help as parents when we realize that there is a space between our kids and ourselves. So perhaps we just get a feeling that our children are not comfortable to speak to us. Um, there's a space there. Um, where can we get help? Um, the, the, the next question is talks about discipline. It says, what ways can we discipline our children in, in, in a godly and healthy manner? Um, should we hit? Should we shout at them? Or is there any better method that parents can use which will not damage uh, the child? So how do we discipline the children? So the other question, um, I think it's two or three more to go. The other one says, I grew up in a very strict Christian family and I did not like it as I felt it was too much. So how do I not repeat the same mistake? Um, the other one that is very thankful for the presentation, um, um, very thankful about the unconditional love. The question that they're asking is, how can we truly love our children in a way that we are able to communicate and show that to them? Um, yeah, so, 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 so sorry. Um, the, the previous one of I grew up in a strict Christian family, um, the person continues to say that how do we balance this with our kids nowadays as it is not the same as in our time? Um, so, so it just says I grew up in a strict Christian family. How do I balance that with the kids nowadays? It's not the same as in our time. So, so these are the questions that um, um, have, have been typed in. Uh, over to Muruti. Thank you. Um, let me start there. I'm going to finish with Mr. Malika's question at the end. No, no, the, yes, is it the one who asked for the, on the foster parenting? But let me first deal with the issue of the mass media is the challenge we have today. Um, but I, my encouragement is that uh, I don't think we are in a worse situation than the parents before. Uh, because the technology is always advancing and we just need to do our best to catch up. Otherwise, your child uh, runs away from you. Um, and I, I want to give an example. Of course, before this, uh, the cell phones and other things, when we're raising children, I, I believe we must just take interest in what our children are watching what is of interest to them, not only to control, but even uh, to encourage them in the more positive uh, areas. Now, I don't know if this is going to help you, but I used to uh, 
uh, sometimes watch my children watching some soapies and movies. And one of the questions I often asked was, uh, you guys watch people kissing each other. Do you think uh, these guys who are kissing, they are kissing their wives? And they say, no. I said, okay, if they are not kissing their wives, what happens when they get home and they must kiss their own wives? He was kissing the whole day uh, under a watchful eye of the cameraman and they would say, you know, the clip that they're going to take might be the ninth clip out of 10 clips. Um, and he had to repeat it and kissing the person he doesn't even love. Because that's that's what children are not necessarily able to read the, the story behind the story that they see. And we need to help them transition on that. And so I said, and I give them an example. I say, if you work in a restaurant where they are selling chips, and the whole day you're working with chips, you come home, you ask children, what is the menu for tonight? They say, mama, we're eating chips. I just say, ah, I had the smell of the chips the whole day and I come home, it's chips again. Uh, but I went further and I often did, uh, you may not like it, but I always want to uh, analyze some of the, 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 the people who appear to be role models. Say, uh, do you know if this person is married or not, divorced or not? I mean, if it has to do with the love issues. Is that the kind of person you want to follow? You know, um, uh, because if we don't help them understand that, they may follow this person holistically. It's okay. There are some good things they must see in this person, but they must know they can't follow lock, stock, and barrel because... There are, there are other things that they don't know. And there, there's a lot of lies in the media. And unless you help your children understand, uh, people watch pornographic material. There are a lot of exaggerations. The sounds people think they're hearing in the pornographic scenes. Uh, we must make them aware those things are not real. You'll never find a husband or a wife who performs to that extent. It's a lie. So I'm just saying it's some of those issues we need to, uh, and that's why we need to help our children to trust us that we're not only there to discourage them, but also we must show them certain things. Did you see that? We must watch certain things with them, help them analyze and understand. And over time, uh, they will develop a critical mind also uh, versus what the Bible says. The help for the parents, uh, this is the one unfortunate part of the church generally in the world. Now I've said to people, we spent time, if we even train a driver, at least 14 days. But people who would become spouses, people who would become parents for life 24-7, there's no training for them. Um, and that's that's the admission I, as part of the leadership of the church, must admit we're not giving you as much time. But if you're asking where should you get help, primarily uh, we should uh, provide that support as a church uh, in addition to other professional bodies. But what we must do, we must all admit we need counseling. People are very negative when you speak counseling. 
they think you're saying I have a problem. No, counseling just gives you an objective assessment, an objective exposure. The, the, the more important thing part about counseling is the objectivity. Sometimes the person who counsels you actually help you see the things that you know, but he's going to help you look at them objectively. So I'm just saying we, we must admit we need counseling. Those who are well-equipped in that area, let's admit we need them to assist us uh, when we need. Uh, in terms of uh, healthy discipline, yes, we don't have to be uh, violent. This is why government end up introducing a lot of rules because uh, they see our extremes and then they also go to their own extremes. I, I just want to give you an example. Sometime, I think 1994, the, in, in one institution, the, 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 I think the college called a parent of a student who was at the time the SRC president. They had their own issues with this child or this uh, young man. Incidentally, his mother was a traditional woman in a traditional attire, you know, who came to the college. And this guy was very embarrassed that they called his mother. He didn't want people to know his mother was even uh, wearing traditional attire. But anyway, after they explained the story, in fact, when this mother arrived, the son saw him welcome into his office of the president of the SRC then. And the mother was surprised. Are you a lecturer? He says, no, no, this is the office that is given to the president. So when they went into the meeting, they explained all this problem. This woman said to the uh, principal of the college then, he said, you know, I blame you for all the things that you are telling me about my son. I blame you. They say, why? He said, because I sent my son to come and study. She did not understand uh, uh, all the intricacies of student uh, leadership. He said, you have given my son an office. You have made him a lecturer. And they tried to explain. And she says, this is why you'd have the problems that you have. So this woman just said to her son, my son, I thought you have come to study. Your father left me without any money. I'm struggling to keep you in the college. Now, when I thought you're studying, you are in an office like a lecturer. And she said to him, by the time I leave here, I want you to have made a decision and communicate the decision. Do you want to be a lecturer? If, if yes, then I'll stop paying and stop saying and sending any money. Do you want to be a student? You must leave the office. And that boy did not hesitate. She said to his mother, I want to be a student. I will leave the office. And he actually resigned. Uh, of course, the college was trying to plead to explain to this woman. But all what I'm saying, it's just the authority she exercised as a single mother over a son who was so powerful uh, in the college. Um, it left everybody amazed. And I can tell you a few other stories of women, single women, who exercise authority. They just look at the son or speak to the son. The son knows Mama has spoken, it's not going to change. And, and I think what we're not developing with our children is just one look at your child in church from one corner, and that child knows what you are saying. 
we don't develop that kind of a relationship with our children. When you just shake your head, he knows no. You're saying no and you mean it. You know, in love, and uh, you, uh, if anything beyond that, you're just going to confirm your nonverbal language or your weights if you've said weights. But that's, that's what we must develop very early uh, with children, very lovingly, very firm. Of course, the day they've done well, you must also go overboard about that about the fact that your child has done very well. Uh, he will understand and balance the two and take your discipline uh, serious. Well, that you have grown in a strict family, um, yes, uh, that, that does happen. We are fortunate now that we have a better understanding of biblical principles and we can actually correct uh, some of the mistakes of our parents. We don't have to repeat them. Um, uh, at that time, even the preaching was very limited of the gospel and to rules and regulations. But now we understand uh, we have a responsibility to discipline lovingly, uh, but we also have to show, just affirm our children, love them, and show them that they would understand even when we discipline them. I think the problem, uh, people believe you can't be loving and be firm at the same time. You can't be firm and laugh at the same time. It's a, it's a mistake uh, that we, we go to extremes. Um, now, the, the, the first question around foster parenting, I'm, I'm sure, firstly, it requires, yes, some kind of support to understand the situation of this child inside himself. How does he see himself? How does he see this situation? Uh, helping him to understand that uh, despite the fact that he may have started in an unfortunate manner, he has a responsibility, he can recover. He is loved. But yes, that you may need uh, some counseling support around that area. And, and we must also remember, it's not that we will win all the battles, but we must fight to the end. And uh, though some of your children will take uh, or take the advantage of the support you give them, some of them, despite all the support you have given, they will still deviate. And I found some Christian parents who feels like they failed, even when they've done the best and the child still choose otherwise. Remember, children don't, will not only reject you, they will have rejected God before they reject you. But you must say, this is the most I could do as a human being. Uh, but at some point, uh, my child, you are on your own. You are an adult. It's uh, going to be between you and God. Uh, this is the most I could do. I will always love you. I will support you when you want support. But you want your own way. That's the most I can do. One of the things I did uh, when my children left for university, I reminded them. I taught you about God all the years until now. Now you're adults, you're free, you're going to the university. If you decide to abandon God, it's between you and him. This is the most I could do as a human being. I'll pray for you, I'll support you, but it remains your choice. 
I'm just grateful uh, they took God to become their own, no longer their father's God. They, they made him their own. But I'm just saying we cannot guarantee that all the children who are raised in Christian families in godly environment will end up that way. They are humans. They are sinners. They are going to make choices. But let's comfort ourselves and say, this is the most I could do as a human being. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you so much, Muruti. Um, I, I do not see any other hand. Perhaps you could go for the final round before we close. Um, any question or comment? Okay. So I. it seems that we... we we are happy and we are satisfied. We, or the, oh, I understand, Dove, I had forgotten the question you sent me. So, so please uh, raise it to yourself verbally. Thank you so much, Ndadepa. Uh, uh, good evening to you, Moroti, and to all the Morotis and fellow saints. Thank you for giving me an opportunity. Um. My question is this, Moroti. In the South African society, what is the most difficult age to parent a child? If there's anything like that. And are there any common challenges, if at all, to parents during that particular period? Just in general, in, in, in the South African society. Thank you. Well, I well, I'm not sure if I I've understood you completely, but I'm going to say to you, I believe that for me, the window period is when a child is still a small child and he can't make choices. If you miss that window, uh, when your child go into the teen stage and adolescent it's becoming more difficult because at that stage, you're competing with other forces, peer forces, for instance. But when the child is still small, uh, you have the greatest opportunity uh, to influence that child. And if you can do the most in that window period. Uh, after that, remember when the child gets from 10 beyond, you start to lose control because uh, that child is exposed to all other influences much more than when he was still a, a very small child. Uh, so that's, that's, that's my view. And I believe we must do the most, especially as the man, um, uh, you know, do our fathering very early, very early. By, by the time the children get to become teens, um, it, it becomes more difficult because they also become critical. Uh, they hear other voices. Uh, give them the most you can in the very early stages. Let's not leave children in the primary school age uh, only to the mothers. They also, in fact, it is said that from age six, they need our affirmation as fathers. Thank you so much, Muruti. Just one final question that has been sent through. Um, 
and, and once again, somebody has just sent me an SMS. They're very grateful and thankful for the, for the session. session. Um, and they're repeating the question about uh, requesting the slides. Um, but another person has sent through a question that says that at what age? The, the, the answer is uh, with uh, Muruti and Tatepaho. They have the slides. Uh, they can decide to share them with you if they, they, they wish to. Okay, thank you so much, Muruti. We, we appreciate the kindness. We will do so. Um, so the last question says, at what age should one buy a cell phone for their child or children? When is it the right time to buy a cell phone um, for, for children or for a child? At what age? Well, I, 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 I don't even know whether we should determine that. But the question is, all what you're providing, what is the intention? Uh, of of doing that. Why do you want to buy a cell phone? Why does your child need a cell phone? Uh, what purpose will it serve? If it serves a good purpose, what controls are you going to put in? Because remember that uh, the cell phone is part of the, the uh, media, it gives your child access to many things, both the desirables and the undesirables. Thank you so much. We, we truly appreciate that. We, it has been very helpful. It has been very eye-opening. So we will send through the, 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 the slides. We'll share them via WhatsApp. I think many have here we have shared and communicated to you via WhatsApp. We'll also just uh, post a link to the slides on, on our social media uh, sites. If, if, if you are still unable to, to get it through this means, um, please contact us any way that you can. Uh, then we'll be able to send it to you directly. Uh, but thank you so much. We truly appreciate the, the time, Ruti Manya. Um, there are also other videos available of Muruti Manya wherein he has been uh, speaking along this topic of parenting um, at, at, at our church. We'll also share those so that um, um, perhaps he, he might have treated certain topics there in more detail, um, it might also be very useful because here tonight he has been extremely very, very brief, but still very eye-opening, which we truly appreciate. Um, so we will continue with these sessions every last Tuesday of the month. So the next one is going to be the last Tuesday of July. Um, we'll be having Muruti Obisi, uh, who will also be sharing with us, and then we will share the details thereof um, closely. Thereafter, then we will um, go international. We hope to have uh, Muruti Kata from Swaziland and, uh, and, and others outside South Africa um, um, spending the Tuesday nights with us. We, we appreciate, once again, like Muruti Power was saying at the beginning, we appreciate the love and the support that you are showing us, praying, attending. Um, and we've been overwhelmed also by the financial support that uh, some of you have sent through. So every way that you supported this, we, we truly appreciate that. And then it encourages us to continue with this ministry. And as we, we might have said it uh, online, we have not said it yet. I just need to say that Mutimania is a marriage counselor so if you want to marry for premarital uh, counseling sessions he can assist you if you're having challenges 
in your marriage, he can assist you. Mm. Um, and, and he can also counsel you online, mm. uh, wherever you are in the, in, in the world, actually. Like now you see his connection has just been stable, rock solid <laughs> after all this stage six or whatever load sharing that you're experiencing. So um, there's nothing wrong with this connection. So yeah. he, can, he can work with you wherever you are in the world through online. You can also meet with him physically. Um, he, he resides both in Pulokwani and in Pretoria, so you can always you can always make arrangements with him. So he also is a bereavement counselor, mm-hmm. which is a very difficult thing. Sometimes, um, of course, it's um it's 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 a big challenge when um you know many people have lost their loved ones. Um, so you don't have to be on your own. Um, you know you can receive help um help is around you just have to ask and then you can be helped through it um and, and uh, so we are very privileged to have him um uh, and he's very he's a very accessible person to us we are very grateful for that mm-hmm. so i'm not sure if i'm forgetting anything Muruti, before we, we close with prayer uh no i just want to also uh thank Muruti Manya. he's a uh... He's a parent, he's a mentor, and we appreciate uh, the, the session today, Muruti. Uh, for those who, who uh, whom are, are still raising kids and teenagers, this has been a mirror to us. And uh, we, 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 we would, when we close, we'll have a special prayer that God will assist us as parents uh, to create a, a godly environment where our children will find God in our homes. And um, for those whom we feel like, you know, we, we've, we, we have lost the mark, uh, there's still grace. And we're going to pray that God will give us grace to do the best we know how. And Murtimanya, thank you so much. And I also would love to uh, thank everybody and thank all the pastors that have joined us. I saw Rev Shukova and Rev from Botswana and uh, Rev Nkata from Swaziland. Um, we we appreciate your your support and um, and the family and and members of our church and district and friends and family. We appreciate you so much and uh, Facebook friends. We appreciate your support. Uh, continue to pray for us, and uh, we will do the same. Uh, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Muruti I'm not sure if you have any final words before Muruti prays and we close the session. No, I just want to appreciate uh, serving God's people. It's a privilege, and I, I take it as such and just say thank you for giving me the privilege to serve Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, let, let's all close our eyes as Muruti prays. I, I, I normally won't close, but yeah, thanks. Okay, let's pray. Father, in the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we just want to thank you, Lord, for this wonderful time where we have been learning. Thank you for such a great responsibility that you have given us for trusting us and giving us the responsibility to raise our children, Lord. We come to you, Lord knowing that we cannot do this on our own. And we pray that you will help us, oh God. And we pray that as parents, God, where we have missed the mark, where we did not give our children the love that they need, where we did not discipline them, where we did not act uh, godly before them, God, 
we pray and we ask that you will uh, forgive us, God, and give us grace in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ask, God, that our relationship, that will mend our relationships, the relationships that we have with our children where they are broken, God. And we pray that you will help us in every way and give us strength, dear Lord, to do the best we know how while we still have a chance to lead and to guide our children. Thank you, Jesus, for this lesson today. We want to appreciate Moritimanya, Lord. We pray that you will bless him. We pray that you will enlarge his territory, God. We pray that you will continue to use him, God, as a channel uh, of healing uh, in our families, oh God. And we believe, Lord, we trust you that you will continue to bless him, anoint him, and use him for your kingdom. And thank you for the friends and families, God, who have attended the session today. We pray that the Holy Spirit will continue to speak to us, oh God, and bring unity and peace and love in our families. We ask all this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Goodbye. Have a lovely Thank evening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Thank you.